We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. I love being able to spend from 2 until 6 with you each and every Monday through Friday on KDKA. Here are some of the things we learned on this Friday afternoon, the 20th of January. We started with a really cool story of what the Tri-State PGA Golf Section is doing to continue to grow the game for kids. There has been an explosion when it comes to golf, not only for adults, but also for youngsters. And the Tri-State PGA has got some really wonderful opportunities starting next week for kids to get signed up and play golf this summer. 2.37 on KDKA and delighted that you are with us here on Pittsburgh's news weather and traffic station. Yeah, it's cold outside and we're looking at a cold stretch here. But one gentleman who is always thinking about green grass that is perfectly manicured and an occasional bit of sand, a little bit of water, but also temperatures that are somewhere between 65 and 90 is joining us right now as we say hello to Andrew Wood, who is at the Tri-State PGA section, where he is a tournament director for them. Andrew, how are you, my friend? Good, Rick. How are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you. I know you're getting set to leave for the PGA show in Florida first thing tomorrow. I know that a lot of people just moved you up a notch or two on their most loathed people list that it's going to be cold (laughs) here and you're going to Florida. But the Tri-State PGA has also made some announcements here late that I wanted to talk to you about before we get to the PGA show. And that's what you're doing for junior golf because it has continued to explode and your Isley's events that have been in place for junior golfers for quite some time have been a stable for kids to be able to compete and yet when I looked at the schedule today I am absolutely stunned by some of the golf courses that these kids are going to get a chance to play that frankly a lot of adults around here who are hardcore golfers have never had a chance to play it's amazing what you all have done with this how has it worked how has it exploded like this so I mean I mean I don't want to kind of blame COVID a little bit, but I mean, with, with COVID, the, this sport, as most of us know, are, is an outdoor sport. And, and when we were all cooped up at homes, um, golf was the only thing around. So getting a family activity together, it has just blown up um, beyond imagine um, with, with the golf industry right now. And, and our professionals, um, we're very grateful to have have almost over 400 uh, PGA professionals and some of these courses, like you said, Rick, uh, these kids are are getting an experience uh, of a lifetime playing country clubs and 
and high-end public facilities that our professionals are also trying to grow the game as much as they can and are very willing to to give up their course um, with how busy golf is right now and give it to the kids. I mean, let's be completely awesome. honest. I'm just looking at this list, and I'm just, and, and this is not picking favorites or anything like that. But you know, you start with a place like Totter Ridge, and you go through Ligonier Country Club, and oh, by the way, there's a guy named Palmer who had something to do with that, right? Latrobe in that yep. area, right? Hannah's Town, which is an incredible Latrobe Country Club, is also on the list. Green Oaks is a great one. Yakagani, uh, you just go right on through, and oh, by the way, your Player of the Year championship is going to be at Fox Chapel Golf Club, the Seth Rayner Gem in the North Hills. I mean. These are golf courses, yeah. and oh, there's that Nemecolon Resort. I think some people have heard of too. These are places these kids are playing. Do they realize what a treat they have in playing some of the best in Western Pennsylvania? I mean, I I, I truly believe they do. And I mean, we'll we'll get into talking about registration here, but I mean, most of these courses you will see um, when we open up registration. Your your Nemecolon Resort, your your Hannah's Town, your mm-hmm. Latrobe Country Club, we will be sold out within 12 hours no on, on those, those those facilities. So I I think they know true to heart, like your Latrobe Country Club, home of Arnold Palmer, um, they they jump on it right away. And, and these kids are, are just amazing with, with their integrity to the game and, and what they are, they're learning as they're trying to grow their careers to – to college level and and hopefully even beyond to be a PGA professional and and to be maybe that that tour player. Member registration opens coming up this coming Wednesday, February 1st, and you can also register for individual tournaments if you're not necessarily a member of the Isley's Junior Golf Tour. So give us an give us a sense of that in terms of what does it cost either A, to join, to become a member of that tour, and B, if you just want to do it on an event-by-event basis, what kind of cost are we talking about for parents or grandparents if they want to help their, their kids or grandkids play some golf this spring and summer? Absolutely. So it's a $100 membership fee. Um, you will get a tea gift, a USGA rules book. Um, new for this year, everybody is going to get their own established handicap um, through the Tri-State PGA. Which is $35 if you do it on your own at your own club anyway, right? I mean, so that's going to yeah, cost you money if you don't, even if you don't join. Go ahead. Correct. And then um, you will get a – we're going to host a junior golf night. Um, that if you pay that membership fee, you will be included to on Wednesday, March 29th at prestigious Oakmont Country Club, who's hosting the 2025 uh, U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and then access to all 20 events that we have available for the season. Now, the cost per event this year will be $75 per event that each um, child will, will sign up for. And you're talking about boys from 11 to 14, and then another classification for 15, 16, and another for 17, 18. Girls, two different classifications, an 11 to 15 and a 16 to 18. So kids will be playing based on their age pretty much at the end of the year. So whatever your age is as of August 3rd when you begin your player of the year, that sort of is your age for the year. Do I understand that right? That is absolutely correct. Okay, so you're going to be then playing with kids who are your age, and you would therefore assume uh, approximately your skill level as well. What do kids get out of this? It's more than just a chance to play great golf courses, right? What else do they get out of this, Andrew? 
Yeah, so, I mean, they obviously get to create new friends um, because each week they are, like you said, they are going to play with their same age division, um, but they're also going to play with kids that they don't see in school every day. Mm -hmm. Um, You you may have someone that, uh, a junior player that is from the north, let's say in the Grove City area, to a player that could be from West Virginia um, in the Morgantown area. You, You get to see them once once in a blue moon um depending on the pairing so you you get to create those bonds um with other junior golfers and then you you also gain the experience and and grow yourself as as a player um to be farther on like i said to either become a pga professional or to be a tour player one of the things that our son Ryan, who played in a bunch of these events over the time that he was a junior golfer, one of the things he noticed was he played against a lot of those same guys again when he was in college and, and playing Absolutely. college golf. That's where you say, wait a second, I, we played together when we were you know, 14. or I mean, it, that, that, that came up time and time again. It's like, how do I know this guy? Oh, that's right. We played together at Hannahstown when we were 16-year-olds. Or I saw you in the Player of the Year championship at, uh, at such and such, of course. So it's kind of like... Like, you know, Jordan Spieth and, and I'm sorry, Jordan and Justin Thomas growing up playing junior exactly. golf are still great friends on the PGA Tour because they established that friendship very early on in their life. So, again, if somebody wants to be a part Absolutely. of it, where do they go to get in, to go through the online uh, registration or to be a member, et cetera? How do they go about doing that, Andrew? Yep. So you want to log on to our website, which is tristate.pga.com. And at the very top of our webpage, you'll see um, bullet points at the top. You want to click on the wording, Isley's Junior Golf, uh, and that will take you to the Isley's Junior Golf page. And you'll want to scroll down just a little bit, and you'll see the links. Right now, they're currently not active. um, But you'll see links that will say click here that will open up on February 1st at 9 a.m. Can I seek a member's exemption or a sponsor's exemption as a 50-something-year-old to play in some of these events? I mean, I mean if Absolutely. you could get me like 10 exemptions for the year, <laughs> I'd be as happy as can. And I don't even have to worry about playing for prizes or anything. They can have my points if I – if I, and I'm, I'm sure I can't play with a lot of them. But I, maybe 10, eight or 10. If you could do that, that would be great. I will work on that for you. Absolutely. And I think Paul Alexander wants to come with me. So maybe two. Okay. Perfect. All right. That's awesome. Hey, enjoy the PGA show. Thanks for what you do for growing the game of golf, for helping juniors learn it and understand it and what it teaches them about life and about themselves too. And we very much appreciate what you do with the tri-state section. And I am so excited to be working with the tri-state section with a pro-am that we're doing for my event for the American Cancer Society at Longview coming up on June 9th. I can't wait to work with you guys more on that. Yeah, we're very excited for that as well, too. We can't wait. Yep, great stuff. Andrew Wood joining us from the Tri-State PGA section. Travel safely to Orlando and make sure that you put on lots of sunscreen. I would hate for you to get a sunburn that might be painful. Thanks, Rick. I appreciate it. I'll bring some sunshine back. Yeah, I'm sure you will. I hope you burn the top of your feet right now. That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, have a great trip. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Rick. Right, appreciate it. Thanks. Andrew Wood, Tri-State PGA, talking junior golf with us here on KDKA.
Also today, an announcement from Corey O'Connor, the Allegheny County Controller. His office this week said that there was a pool of $50,000 in private grant money that was available. And the Controller's office has an interesting way that they want to use that money to help at least 27 young people who found themselves in trouble with the law before. Corey O'Connor, former city council member and now controller for Allegheny County with me on KDKA. I get really confused because I'm not exactly sure how to address certain members, certain dignitaries. And this next one is certainly a dignitary. And, you know, for times I've called him councilman and I can't do that anymore. I mean, and I don't know what you're supposed to say. Is it is it Mr. Controller? Is it is it controller, sir? Is it the guy who, who looks over all the money? Um, I sometimes call him coach because he's a golf coach at Central Catholic. Corey O'Connor joining us here on KDK. What's the what's the appropriate term to use here, Mr. O'Connor? <laughs> So uh, I like Corey. I don't like the titles. Um, so I'm very easygoing. I prefer Corey. I mean, it's yeah, I am now the controller, but I like I like Corey. I'm down to earth. Corey Corey's better. Corey or coach, because you know I'm used to the kids at Central calling me coach. So Absolutely. I'm good either way. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Corey, it is good to have you on the program, and I sure appreciate it. We're talking about a task force that made the announcement about uh, what's happening for 27 juveniles and the grant funding that is coming for court debt relief. And, and your job as a controller is to make sure that there's not gross oversight or that there's not fraud going on out there. But at the same time, you have an opportunity to be involved in this. And I, I'd like for you to explain a little bit about what that $50,000 is going to do. Yes. So when I came into the office, there was a fines and fees committee that was already a task force that was already established. Uh, Councilwoman Hallam and a group of nonprofits got together. Um, they went out, they got a $50,000 grant. So our office usually does not accept grants. We would, as you said, look and make sure the money is being spent well. But when I came in, this was here and it sat for a couple of years. And my thought is, look, the money's not helping anybody sitting in our office. Let's work together. Let's get this money out as quick as we can to help, you know, kids who, you know, at age 14, there was a case where they, you know, stole a car, did all of their work to get everything wiped off of the record, except they still had $1,100 that they couldn't pay. So that stops them from applying to schools, applying for housing, applying for certain jobs. So now by spending this 50000 on 27 individuals, you're now wiping them clean so that they have a fresh start. And that was something that once I heard that, my, my thought was get it out as quick as we could. Over the summer, we all worked together, got it out. The administration then, uh, with the public defender's office, found these 27 cases. And, you know, in the next few weeks, they will all be cleared, which is great. So it's not just a matter of expunging the record of random 27 young people. There are certain criteria, certain things that they have to have done at this point to qualify, right? I mean, just help us understand that and make sure that everybody understands this is not just for everybody or for anybody. Yeah, it's mostly, you know, again, youth, when you're approaching 21, even a couple people may be a little bit over that age. But if you've, you've gone through... Uh, this, the juvenile system, um, you've been working, you've, you've expunged $7,000, but that last few couple thousand you couldn't get off of your record, mm -hmm. this is going to go to clear it. And I think, you know, the more we look at government, and a lot of these fines and fees are never paid off. 
And so somebody at the age of 30 could still be having this on their record, which doesn't enable them to go for, as we said, education, housing, other things that they rightfully should have. So by clearing records, clearing debt, you're going to allow more people the opportunity to succeed. And, you know, did somebody make a mistake when they were 14? Let's not hold it against them 10 years later. Let's give people second chances, opportunities to thrive in our city and in our county. And the reality is that 16 of these 27, for instance, have already had their cases closed and they've been released from probation. So they have done everything that they were supposed to do, asked to do by the system in order to move forward and try to rehabilitate themselves, right? Exactly. And this is the last part that a lot of people don't pay attention to. And that's why, you know, 50,000, it's a drop in the bucket. I mean, there are more people we can help. And I think by spending this 50, showing that it works, let's go out, let's work together, let's get more money to do more of these types of programs. Because if you're looking around, we want people to have opportunities, and there are great opportunities out there to be successful in. But one little thing, you know, $1,000 that somebody can't afford is going to go a long way in hurting them. That's not fair. And this money goes to a good cause to help people. And that's the best part about this. Allegheny County Controller Corey O'Connor joining us here on KDKA. His father, Bob O'Connor, was mayor of this city. Corey served as a city council person, now as the Allegheny County Controller. So, Corey, as you go through these things, have you had an opportunity to talk with any of these young people? Have you heard back from any of these young people? I mean, this is something that's newly announced, but I'm just curious if you've had any interactions with them. Uh, we have not. Um, these were cases uh, set up by the public defender's office. Um, I can tell you the public defenders have been trying to do this for a long time. And <laughs> it was funny. We handed them a $50,000 check, and they were very nervous crossing the street with it. Um, but they made it, and, you know, they, they went through the cases that they saw had the, the quickest impact and the the more people we could benefit with just this 50. And they came out with these 27 individuals. I'm sure there will be follow-up after the fact um, with them just to say, hey, now how can we help? Uh, where are you? What, what has this done for you? And tell that story because it's, it's a rejuvenation story, and that's the best part is we're giving people more chances to succeed, and that's why we want to continue this program and hopefully find other nonprofits and other organizations that will contribute to, to doing this. And I think the benefit is once you do it once, We've now proven that the system works. So let's continue doing it because, as I said, a lot of these fines and fees may never be paid off. And we're not getting anything from the court system by not paying off this debt, so we might as well do it now. As you move forward, is there any conversation, any talk at this point of continuing a program? This was a one-time grant, the $50,000, and I realize, again, it's not the controller's job to ask for grants and things like that. But has there been discussion in other channels, whether it's at, at city council or county council, to do a program like this moving forward? Yeah, I think with the success that we've seen and, and the announcement the, the last couple of days, it really gives us a chance to then build this up, build this fund. The Pittsburgh Foundation is part of it. That's a great organization that goes out and raises money. I think making people aware that there are these fines and fees out there that are holding people back from succeeding in life, you can tell a good story as to why we should put more money towards uh, an initiative like this because it's going to go a long way to help everybody. 
Corey, thank you very much for being here. Just so you know, Brian Urso, the basketball coach at Central Catholic, where you're the golf coach, he's going to be on with me tonight at 6.15 talking about what his Vikings are doing on the hardwood. So if you wanted to support your friend Brian, I'm sure he would be very much appreciative if you were listening. Uh, well, yeah, well, tell him, uh, you know, I, it was a big win the other day against, uh, was it Lincoln Park? Well, which one? And, yeah, and he know, beat Newcastle, too, and he took care of yeah, Butler. I mean, it was a pretty good he, week for the Vikings. He he is on a roll, and the alumni watch uh, intently, so yep. we're uh, excited to see what they do this year. they got a good group. Dante's a very good player. Yes, he is. And he is, he is a good crew coming back, so hopefully we'll see him uh, go very far in the playoffs, and we'll all be out there rooting him on. So, well, roll sure. bikes, if I can end with that. I yeah. will be sure to assure him that as far as you're concerned, his job is not in question right now. He's okay, right? <laughs> it is not. It is not. It very is good. Not. Hey, Corey, thank you very much for coming on and talking about this program, and uh, and as you move forward as controller, if there are other things that, uh, that you want to talk about and things like that, I've always got an ear for you, so let me know. Thank you very much. Take care. Have a yep. good weekend. Good stuff. Thank you. Corey O'Connor joining us, the Allegheny County Controller, talking about a program to help kids who maybe have a little bit to clear up as it comes to clearing up their reputation and moving forward after some legal troubles early in life. Also today, Google making an announcement that it is slicing 12,000 members of its staff. There was an email sent out to all employees at Google, and we dissected that and took a look at that as well from the CEO, and it shows some of the things that are going on within that tech giant. Let's take a closer look at that as we learn together. Twitter laid off a bunch. Meta, Facebook laid off a bunch. We saw across the board with big tech companies, and today you can add Google and Alphabet to that list. As the CEO announced this morning in an email sent to the company staff that the firm is laying off 12,000 of its employees, approximately 6% of its workforce. As major U.S. tech companies continue to slice jobs Amid fears of the oncoming recession, we told you about Microsoft on Wednesday and what was going on there. Well, the CEO of Google and the parent company Alphabet said in an email to company staff that the firm will begin making the layoffs in the United States immediately. In other countries, the process, quote, will take longer due to local laws and practices, he said, end quote. CNBC reporting back in November that Google employees have been fearing that the layoffs were coming. Uh, the web search and video sharing giant says that it will offer its U.S.-based employees 16 weeks of severance pay plus two weeks for every additional year they've worked at Google. Google shares were up about 5% in early trading after the news. So, I mean, just think about it. I mean, that's one of those ironies that if you ask me, oh, by the way, we're going to slice 12,000 employees. Oh, your stock prices go up. And I know there's a lot of people that are saying, oh, yeah, the CEO really feels bad about that because how much money did he make with stock prices He's going up 5% and all the options? I mean, anyway, I'm not getting into that. Tech companies that are facing a variety of challenges right now, not the least having to do with the rising interest rates and the inflation in the past year that have really hammered the technology stocks and those shares. Advertisers have been cutting back in online spending, and that's where the Metas, the Facebooks, the Instagrams, the Googles have been really getting drilled is the lack of advertising there, which means lack of revenue there as well. Uh, hikes to interest rates from the U.S. Federal Reserve in particular have really slowed things when it comes to people uh, wanting to have more tech shares in their portfolios. 
the uh, macroeconomic climate really has piled on pressure for those uh, companies as they try to make deep cuts to their workforces to turn their balance sheets around. So 10,000 was the announcement that was made by Microsoft. Amazon on Wednesday said 18,000, and now we're looking at 12,000 here. Twitter, we know what Elon Musk did there back in October, as they have sliced literally half of their workforce since he took over as CEO in October. Now, here we go. This is the memo that was sent out to staffers today. And I just want you to to take in some of this. And I want to share this with you. And uh, he says, I have some difficult news to share. This is from the CEO. We've decided to reduce our workforce by approximately 12,000 roles. I mean, I got to give him credit. I mean, it not mention any words right off the back. Some difficult and bat, some difficult news to share. We're cutting 12,000 jobs. We've already sent a separate email to employees in the U.S. who are affected in other countries, this process will take longer due to local laws and practices. This will mean saying goodbye to some incredibly talented people we worked hard to hire and have loved working with. I'm deeply sorry for that. The fact that these changes will impact the lives of Googlers weigh heavily on me, and I take full responsibility for the decisions that led us here. Over the past two years, we've seen periods of dramatic growth to match that and fuel that growth. We hired for different economic reality than the one we face today. Aha. Here we go. This is, I think, the crux of the issue, and maybe for more than just Google, for Facebook, for Meta, for Twitter, for Microsoft, that the last couple of years, from March 2020 with the shutdown until January of 23, there was an explosion in the need for tech. Why? So many people were working remotely. People needed new computers. They needed new software. They needed ways to have a Google Drive. They needed the devices that were out there. They needed social media platforms. They needed video conferencing platforms. They needed those things like Zoom and Microsoft Teams and all that sort of stuff, right? And I wonder if these companies didn't take that enormous run-up in terms of money that was coming in and start to put in place projections that maybe were not realistic, thinking that this is going to be there maybe longer than it was. And if so, if you went out and hired a whole bunch of people to meet this huge demand that hits you all at once and everybody is covered up by work and we can't always get everybody there because of the pandemic and things like that, you wonder if there weren't redundancies that were built in and particularly redundancies once the economy slowed or returned a bit more to normal. We'll continue on with the memo. I'm confident about the huge opportunity in front of us. Thanks to the strength of our mission, value our products and our services, our early investment in AI, artificial intelligence. Uh, To fully capture it, we'll need to make tough choices. So we've undertaken a rigorous review across product areas and functions to ensure that our people and roles are aligned with our highest priorities as a company, right? Kind of going back to what we were just talking about. The roles we're eliminating reflect the outcome of that review. They cut across alphabet, product areas, functions, levels, and regions. So they're saying that a lot of these people who are being let go, were let go, were in areas that weren't as much of a priority for the company 
as they move forward. To the Googles who are leaving us, thank you for working so hard to help people and businesses everywhere. Your contributions have been invaluable, and we are grateful for them. Well, this transition won't be easy, we're going to support employees as they look for their next opportunity. And this is interesting, I think. He spells out in this memo about the layoffs about what they are going to do in terms of a package for employees. We'll pay employees during the full notification period. That's 60 days, two months, okay? We'll also offer a severance package starting at 16 weeks salary plus two weeks for every additional year at Google to accelerate at least 16 weeks of GSU vesting. So you've got two months, and now everybody gets a minimum of four months more, and for every year that you were there, you get another couple of weeks. So if you were there 10 years, you get an extra 20 weeks on top of the... What did I just say? It was uh, 14 weeks. I mean, so you're talking 34 weeks worth of salary, right? Offering six months of health care, job placement services, immigration support for those affected there. Outside the U.S. will support employees in line with local practices. I mean, this is a massive, massive golden parachute for those who are being let go. And an enormous expenditure for Google to have people not working for them anymore. Now, it's significantly less than if they kept those people on the books for the next two years or three years as they maybe don't make as much as they thought. But I just wonder sometimes when I see these massive layoffs and we're saying, okay, we don't know how long this recession is going to go. You just sort of wonder, you're going to pay a whole bunch of people a whole lot of money to not work for you for six months, eight months, 10 months, depending on how long they had been there. What happens if the recession is over by then? You just paid a whole bunch of people not to work to then have to turn around and rehire. I mean, I, I, I'm I not that smart, so I don't understand everything that happens with balance sheets and profit and loss and earnings reports and all that kind of stuff. But sometimes I just look at these decisions and I just say, wow, this is a really, 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 I think, generous package that is being given to these employees who were being jettisoned today. And again, it goes on and it says that as a almost 25-year-old company, we're bound to get through some difficult economic cycles. These are important moments to sharpen our focus, re-engineer our cost base, direct our talent. And then it goes on through, thanks for your early investments and Google's products are better than ever, et cetera, et cetera. And this is what I loved about it. As part of that, if you are just starting your day today, please feel free to work from home today. That's the way it ends. I mean, seriously, I can't make it up. I can't. So, you know, we're laying off 12,000 people, and I know if you're a little upset, just just work from home today. <laughs> different world. Different, different world. Those are just some of the things we learned on KDK today. Make sure you're with us on Monday between 2 and 6, or if you missed it and you want to go back and listen to any of the show, you can do it on the Odyssey app, or you can do it on kdkradio.com under the audio video section, and then Rick Dayton. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on the radio Monday at 2. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.